0: Praise the Lord for the opportunity to worship him. And uh, now as we open up his word, uh, our hearts are, man, more than ready to uh, continue in our fellowship here as we open up his word now. So let's go let's go to Colossians. Colossians, I'm sorry, Philippians. Philippians. Philippians chapter two. I had the Colossians text that I was supposed to preach, but it's, called, it's Philippians here, so Philippians chapter 2, and I'm excited to be with you all this morning, and it's good to see your faces, and um, man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, and praise the Lord for the fellowship that we can have uh, together, there's no better place to be than to be here in the house of the Lord, worshiping our great uh, God, so we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2, and uh, we're gonna be on verses 12 through 18. And uh, the title of the message this morning is Shine for Christ. Shine for Christ. Uh, let's pray and let's just ask the Lord to help us uh, this morning. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. And I pray that you would be honored, glorified, and exalted. Thank you for uh, who you are. And the blessings that we have already received from you, Lord. So open our hearts and mind to receive your word and to put it into practice in our hearts. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen. Shine for Christ. I don't know if you have heard this name before, but on October 20th of 1862, a guy by the name of Harry Dixon Lowe's was born in Michigan. He studied at the Moody Bible Institute up in Chicago, but he was also known by a Christian composer and a teacher. Around 1920, by 1920, he has written many songs already, but around that time, uh, he wrote a song that is, that is well-known, uh, famous song, if you want to put it this way. Uh, not only here in the U.S., but actually in many, many Hispanic countries. And the title of the song, when he wrote it, was directed more to children than adults. And he entitled the song, This Little Light of Mine. You know, uh, many of those verses, uh, one of them goes like this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it, let it, let it, let it. Man, you're a great choir. Awesome. You know, as you think about Harry and why he wrote that song, he wanted to encourage believers, Christians, followers of Christ, to shine their light for Christ in this world. But if you look back to our passage this morning, if you go back to chapter 2, verse 15, it's kind of like there is a phrase right in the middle of that passage. Verse 15 goes like this, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you what? You shine like stars in the world. And I think just as Harry wrote this song, This Little Light of Mine, Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, wrote about shining like stars. And I think all of us have been outside in the dark of the night when you cannot even see anything, but you look up and what do you see? You see the stars shining from heaven. And even though it's dark, even the stars can give you some guidance because of how bright they shine from heaven. And if you can keep that in mind, I think one main idea that I want to uh, put in your hearts this morning is that as believers, as followers of Christ, you and I are called to shine for Christ. I mean, as you look and learn the life of Jesus, like Pastor Rod preached last Sunday on who he is, how he'd take on uh, and his servant, and he died for us, and he suffered for us, but he was raised from the dead, and God exalted him, and him, Christ, who is the essence of the gospel, the essence of our good news, As believers, you and I should and need to live a life that manifests who he is. So the question for all of us this morning is, so how do we shine for Christ? How do you shine for Christ in your context? How do you shine for Christ, whatever you are? Whether whether you are junior high, senior high, whether you're in high school, whether you're in college, whether you're ready already uh, uh, married, you have families, you have grandchildren, whatever your situation is, whatever you're at in life, how do you shine for Christ? Well, let's go back to the, to the text and look at verses 12 and 13, because the first, the first point is that shine with your obedience, shine with your obedience, look at verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. I mean, rather, Paul is writing to his beloved church in Philippi, and he knows of their obedience. He knows these people are have been faithful. He knows, he, he, he writes about it in chapter one, their faith that they have in God, the faith and their trust in God, and how they also not only have a faith and a love for God, but how they also have a love for others, and how they're, I mean, they're involved in church, and they're just, they're just working hard for the Lord. They're serving the Lord, and Paul knows that. And he's commanding them for that. But Paul says, hey, as you have always obeyed, Whether I'm present or not, and as you have continued to obey, I want to commend you with something. If you're going to shine for Christ, the, the first thing is that you can shine for Christ through or with your obedience. Because Paul says you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, Paul is not saying to work for their salvation. They're already saved. They know Christ already. He's talking to Christians, he's talking to believers. So it's not working for your salvation, but because of your salvation. Because our salvation is complete in Christ because the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross on our behalf, that's why Christ says it is finished. Our salvation is also complete because Christ didn't stay in the tomb. He was raised to give us life, life eternal in him. That's why he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And Paul says we do that with, with fear and trembling as a reverence, respect to our God and our Lord. Because our, our challenge to us, to all of us this morning, is that if you come here January 1st, 2021, our goal, my goal should be, I don't want to stay here when it comes to growing in my faith to God. By December 31st of 2022, I want to be up here. Does that make sense to you? Because now I'm Working out, I am growing in my salvation so I can be more like Jesus Christ. That is the goal of the Apostle Paul. That is the goal, should be the goal of any Christian Of any follower of Christ that I am growing in my salvation that God has given to me that I am not here content just sitting around oh I'm safe I'm good to go oh I'm good I don't have to do anything no Paul now encourages them and he's encouraging us this morning that every day I should be taking a step closer to my Savior and my Lord so I can look more like him so I can shine like him and for him in this world. Amen. And Paul says, verse 13, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. I love these two verses because God is the one doing the work. God is the one working in us. He's the one that has saved us. And now, Paul says here in verse 13, yes, God is the one doing everything. Your, your ability to, to know Him, your ability to serve Him comes from God. God is the one producing all that in you and I. The desire to know Him, the ability to serve Him is because of God and is altogether in His good will and it's His good pleasure. I remember one of my seminary professors once said, if you don't believe in the absolute sovereignty of God, you don't believe the Bible. But then he said, but if you do nothing because you say that God is sovereign, I wonder if you truly understand the Bible. Because it is God doing everything. Yes, but he has invited us now to grow in the gospel. To grow in him. I mean, if you read Ephesians chapter 1, we don't have time, but you read about all the blessings that as believers we have. And there is a phrase that keep repeating in the first few verses for the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter 2, dead in our trespasses and sin, but now we are alive in him because of his grace. Philippians 1, 6, being persuaded of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion, unto the date of Jesus Christ, Colossians. 1, 29. And to this end I labor, said Paul, striving according to his power that works mightily in me. I grew up playing baseball, junior high, senior high. Play a little bit when I was in college. And I just got fascinated with uh, playing the position of a catcher. And I, as I was thinking about this you know, as a catcher, you're, you're of course, you're, you're looking, you're making eye contact with the pitcher and he's waiting for the signal and, and whatever signal you, you give him, you're hoping that he's going to throw that, whatever the signal is. But when you, when you ask for a fastball, you, you, you're usually, as a catcher, you're, you're, you put your glove right, right in, in the center because that's, that's, that's where you want the ball to come. You're hoping it will come right through the middle Sometimes could go right or left, but, but you're, you're right here waiting. And I'm expecting that the pitcher will throw a fastball. But what if it's a wild pitch for some reason? What if he goes a little bit to the right or the left? What are you going to do? Just, just stay right there? No. You, I'm going to move around. Why? Because I'm part of the team and I want to catch the ball and I'm moving around constantly just following just trying to figure out what's going to happen i don't stay here just waiting and what is Paul saying here is the same way as Children of God, as followers of God. Yes, God is the one doing everything, but he has invited us to work out our salvation, to grow in him. That's why he says in 1 Corinthians fifteen ten and 11, but by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I have labored much more than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God in me. Listen to me. Nobody is going to come to your house and open up the Bible and put it on your lap for you to read it. An angel of God is not going to come down from heaven as you wait to wake you up so you can go and open your Bible and read it. It doesn't work like that. You got to do it. You have to get up. You got to take the Bible. You have to open it. You have to read it. And that's how we grow. Is God doing His work through His work in my heart, but I have to read it? and I have to meditate on. And I'm called now to apply it. We're called to pray, it, always during good times and during bad times. Second Peter chapter one talks about adding to your faith. Galatians chapter five talks about walking in the spirit. Colossians chapter 3 talks about putting off certain things and putting on other things that go according to God's word. Being a church faithfully we're com- we're commanded to be part of the church. We are the church. We're commanded to now serve the body, to serve Christ through his church. Listen, an an evidence of someone that has been captured by the gospel is a life of obedience to the Lord. Somebody that has been captured by the gospel. You are going to shine by and through your obedience to God and his word. And people will see that. And you will be able to impact others because of that. That's what we call the process of sanctification. Moving towards the goal like Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 3. Our obedience to God and his word will shine among others as they see the work of Christ in your own life. And the more you are emerged in his word, praying, growing in the gospel growing in your personal walk with God is going to come through shine your obedience to God. But there is a second point, not only shine with your obedience, but also shine with your testimony. Look at, look at verse 14. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God. Go down to that same verse 15, among whom you shine like stars in the world. Verse 16, by holding firm the word of light, then I can boast in the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. When I talk about a testimony, I'm talking about a public declaration of whatever it is, in this case, a public declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're called to grow in your walk with our Lord so our testimony, our outward actions reflect that we are actually walking with the Lord. Because the text calls us children of God, that we have been born again. So the text itself is bringing up something about the children of God. And he says that they should act without grumbling or arguing, murmuring or disputing, which is the opposite of the life of Christ. I mean, if if you were here last Sunday, we saw beautifully the life of Christ and who he is and what he did. And with all the suffering that he went through, and all the beating that he went through, all the weight on the cross, Christ showed grace, mercy, and love. And as his children, we are supposed, we are called to act like him right in this world. Verse 15 says, children of God, who are faultless, blameless, and pure word in a crooked and perverted generation. And mom, who you shine like stars in the world, in a generation that you all know you don't have to go too far to know what's happening in the world. Morally corrupt, abandoning what is right, what is truth, confused, Hopeless, without hope, wondering what's going to happen, wondering what's going to happen next. And right in the middle of that situation, Paul says, we are right there with them. In that dark world, hostile to God and his word. We're among with them. And Paul says, we need to shine light stars for Christ. Because the world is desperate. Looking for direction. Looking for hope. Looking for someone to give in some source of good news. And Paul says, if you are children of God, if you're called a follower of Christ, If you're called a disciple of Christ, you are there. And your job is to shine like the stars when they shine when it's dark outside. And all you can see is the stars guiding you. Just like that. The call today is to shine for Christ. Let the gospel, the good news, what Christ has done in your life just overflow from your life. Listen to what he says in Matthew uh, chapter five. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does one light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. But on the lamp stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Listen to verse 16. Let your light what? What? So shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. It's not about you, it's about Christ. But we are right in the middle with, with, with the world, with this generation. And we're to shine. So when they see your good works, when they see who you are because of Christ, because of your salvation. When they see the way you respond, when they see the way you talk, when they see the way that that, that you respond to situations in life, when they see you at work, when they see you at college, when they see you in high school, when they see you in middle school, when they see you with your family, that they will see, man, this person is different. And it's not because of you. It's not because of your strength. It's because of Christ in you and the gospel that has transformed your life. And they said, man, you are different. What do you have that I don't have? And your answer it should be always, is Christ. It is Christ. And the Bible says, man, tell me more about Christ. And it's all the glory to the Father and to God that is working in us, producing all this in and through us. So not only our obedience, but also our testimony to the world. And how are we going to do this? Look at verse 16. I love it. It says, by, you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the what? I love that. To the word of life. Hey, don't let go of the word of God. Never. Christ. In us. Personally. As we receive Christ, now we have the high calling to live a life worthy of the gospel. To live a life that shines the gospel of Jesus Christ To live a life that displays the grace, the love, and the mercy of Jesus. Remember one of the verses of this little lad of mine? Hide it under a bushel, what? No. No, no. I'm gonna let it shine. So my marriage needs to shine the beauty of the gospel my relationships need to shine the beauty of the gospel my work ethic needs to shine the beauty of the gospel my motives and my desires whatever i want to do needs to shine the beauty of the gospel listen when the attacks from the world come raging to our lives temptations come to us personally moments of doubt of who god is and his goodness Remember, do not underestimate the power of a testimony that displays the gospel by shining Christ in and through our life. I love how Second Corinthians put it. Paul says in verse five of chapter four, four as. Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, listen, we have this treasure in clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from us. No, from, from God and not from us. So in the midst of a fallen world, apart and far from God, we have a tremendous responsibility as his followers, as his believers, to shine the light that attracts people to the Savior of the world. And last one, not only shine with your obedience and your testimony, but number three, shine with a sacrificial life. Look at verse Look at verse 17. Paul says Paul says but even even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith I am glad and rejoice with you all. In the same way you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Man, do you see the you see the heart of Paul? a heart that was surrendered to Jesus, Paul gave up everything, everything he had, his status, financial status, his position, because when Christ intercepted him, he surrendered completely. Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever. And then God told him what he wanted to do. That's why he says in Philippians chapter 3, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. I mean, Paul was willing to give his own life for the gospel, to see people come to faith in Christ and being disciple For Paul, seeing others come to Christ brought him joy. And it didn't matter how big the sacrifice was from his part. I mean, don't you see it on the text? He says... Man, even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith. In other words, man, I am willing to give my own life, to sacrifice my own life so you can grow in the faith with Christ. So you can be known as a disciple of Christ. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to see you. Growing in your faith—that was Paul's heart. That's why he said in 1 Corinthians 11:1, imitate me as I also imitate who? Christ. Christ. I remember years ago, I was probably—I don't know, maybe, maybe one, maybe two years old—and uh, I remember that. Because my mom told me that. Of two missionaries, from from uh, from the U.S., the Myers and the Joels. And Brother Meyer. Um, went to the Dominican as a missionary, to to start a church. And uh, he heard of of somebody that have lost uh, her son that worked with my mom, and he went to visit this lady and shared the gospel with her. And then the lady that was uh, a co-worker of my mom told my mom, and then there was a group, and they were coming to this Bible study to hear God's word. And that's what the Lord used to bring my parents to faith, and now us to faith. Because of a faithful family, or families, that went to the DR to share the good news. They gave up everything here And they say, hey, there's something more important than our life here. And it is the gospel. It is the good news. And we wanna go, Lord, whatever you want us to go. So the question for you and I is Have you given up everything for Christ? And what is holding you back? Is there, I mean, is there really anything on this earth that is better than Jesus Christ? But so many times we want the product, but we don't want the process. And the process means to pour it out as an offering. Lord, I am here, I am in the altar and I wanna pour out my life, my talents, my gift, my money, my life, whatever you have is all yours. I want you to use it for the cause of the gospel because I want to shine for you. We just, we just heard in the panel, it is a sacrifice. It's, it's, it's not easy at times. You come from a busy week to get up early in the morning and, and do different things, but you know what? The business of the week, when we think about what Christ has done for us and what He continues does for us, it's like, it doesn't even matter. Man, I'm I'm full of energy, I'm ready to go. Why, because it's for the Lord, it's for Christ. But listen to this, it is in the process. Listen, it is in the process, in the sacrificial life that Christ is most magnified because people see our shining life over the situation. And just like Paul, all of our sacrifices are connected to one person and it is to Christ who is the gospel, the good news, that paid the ultimate sacrifice so we can shine for him. So shine for Christ. Listen, don't let anyone or anything paralyze you from not shining with your obedience, with your testimony, and with a sacrificial life. And as we close this morning, you you might be here, and you say, "I, I really don't know where I'm at Spiritually. I don't even know if, I, if I'm saved. I don't even know if I know Christ personally. I encourage you. I encourage you. Talk to one of us. We will love to show you what Christ has done. His death, burial, and resurrection. And the power that is in him. But you might be here. You said, you know, I, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Christ. I know Christ personally. But I know I know in my own heart that there are some areas or an area in my life that I am not shining the way I need to shine. I don't know what it is. This is between you and the Lord. And Maybe you need to do business with God. Just come before you. Humble yourself just like we all have to do. I the Lord, I'll I'll, I'm just gonna surrender it to you. They're all by your feet. I'll give it all to you. I'm gonna lay it all for the gospel. And you might say, you know, as I mean, as far as I know, man, I'm just I, I doing all I can to shine for Christ. Just keep going, don't stop, keep moving forward. That's the beauty of the church. We're a family. We're not pointing at no one here. We're all here because we need Christ. And we need him every single day. And we're here to encourage each other. To shine for Christ wherever you are. Because one of the verses of let it shine song goes like this. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Shining with the gospel is the need of today, tomorrow, and until Jesus comes. So shine for Christ wherever you are. May may the Lord help us to do that for his glory and for his honor. Father, thank you for your word this morning. It is not our word. It is yours. And we pray, Lord. That you would do whatever you need to do in our own hearts, in our own lives, so we can shine. So when we see the stars in heaven, we can be reminded and pray, Lord, just as you give the power and the energy of those stars to shine in from heaven... Oh Lord, may we do it in this world till you come. Father, we praise you for our church and continue to help us display the reconciling hope of the gospel that is only found in a person and it is the person and only the person of Jesus Christ, our savior, our Lord, the one who is coming back for his children to take us to heaven with him. We praise you, Lord, and God's people say,